Welcome to Make Possible Bite Size, a weekly podcast brought to you by Permutive, championing change in publishing, advertising and beyond. Each episode, we chat to an inspiring guest about their careers, their lives and how they're making change possible. Let's bite right in. Hello, um, my name is Nicola Kemp and I'm Editorial Director at Creative Brief and I'm also a co-founder of DICE. Um, Welcome to this special edition of Make Possible Bite Size. For Women's History Month, members of DICE, the organisation that formed to put the mantle out of business, finally, has teamed up with Permative to shine a light on the most inspiring women across our industry. And today I am so delighted and grateful to be joined by Gemma Charles, who is Deputy Editor at Campaign Magazine. Gemma has covered the advertising and marketing industry for over a decade. And she's really been at the forefront of making agencies accountable for change and ensuring that deeds really do accompany words when it comes to stepping up for Black Lives Matter. She's also a wonderful mother to baby Esme. She's a great supporter of emerging talent and she's a wonderful friend as well. So hi Gemma. Hi Nikki, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um, To kick off, it would be really great to hear how you got into journalism in the first place and what you're focusing on at Campaign at the moment. Okay, so um, I kind of always wanted to be a journalist, but I didn't, I kind of had that feeling that, well, maybe I won't actually be good enough to get into it. So I sort of put it to the side for a while. But then what I did do after my degree, I decided that I really did want to try and be a journalist. So I did a postgrad and then did some work experience at a magazine called Inside Housing. And then I thought it went okay. But then they asked me back and said, would you like to apply for a job that's just come up? And then that's kind of where it kicked off. So from being sort of not sure that I could get into it um I I sort of got into it like relatively easily but then so after working there I made the switch to marketing week and then eventually on to marketing then to campaign as well so that's how I've sort of ended up in my current job which is deputy editor of campaign. Gemma could you tell us what you're working on and focusing on at campaign at the moment? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm focusing quite a lot on the whole kind of diversity um, sector at Campaign. Um, this has obviously been, it's, it's a big issue anyway. It has been kind of supercharged from the year that we've had where Black Lives Matter came to the fore. So that's been a real kind of focus for me. Um, I've also been, I've always been interested in sort of societal issues and politics. So I've also, um, I'm also focusing on that at the moment as well. And then there's the whole um, purpose thing, which interests me as well, because I do think that, you know, in the world that we're living in, in the middle of a climate crisis, how do you, how, it's, it's a really interesting time for brands, how do brands sort of navigate that, where, you know, traditionally it was about increasing consumption, but, we can't do that anymore. So that for me is an interesting topic too. That's such an interesting time because it does feel like it is like a real reset moment. And and you mentioned right at the start feeling that perhaps um, journalism wasn't something that you could get into and, and you kind of overcame that. And this podcast really focuses on how you make that success possible in your life. 
Um, in complete transparency, it's a it's a challenging question in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, doesn't always feel possible to even get through the email inbox. So could you give us a bit of inspiration about, you know, the challenges that you've overcome in your career and some and some tips around how you got through them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I guess as you touched upon there, I did used to have that feeling that I kind of wasn't good enough to be a journalist. And I guess it's a lot of people have that kind of imposter syndrome, don't they? So it's just about being, trying to be the best that I can be. And that seems to have, it seems to have worked. Um, I've, you know, I've got promotions, I've moved up in my roles. So just trying to sort of believe in myself, I suppose. I hope that doesn't sound too corny, but actually just sort of saying to myself sometimes I can actually I can actually do this so I suppose that was at the start of my career but then one of the biggest challenges actually came just last year when lockdown started because like many others I found myself with well Esme wasn't two yet uh, the nursery shut and I was trying to work from home whilst looking after Esme and actually it it didn't work. So, and it felt it felt strange to have to admit to yourself, this this actually isn't working. I can't I can't do this anymore. But I remember there was there was a moment where we were kind of in a sort of ideas um, mode, trying to think of you know ideas for the coming uh, few issues. And I thought I don't even know when I will have any time to like you know, do the thinking that you need to, to get some good ideas. I'm sort of rushing from a meeting to some childcare and just, you know, mm. rushing around. And so actually, I mean, what I, what I did is that it was, it was hard, but I put my hand up and said, um, and asked to take a furlough. So that's hard because you, you feel that you are almost putting your hand up and saying, oh, I can't work, I can't work. But it's not like, it wasn't like that. It was more that I just knew that, the situation wasn't good for me, it wasn't good for Esme, and actually it wasn't, my employer wouldn't be getting the most out of me as well. So that was, that was a big challenge, but I sort of, I suppose I overcame it by just feeling confident that I could take that step, and that, you know, and maybe, and actually when I got back, everybody said, we missed you loads, so I was worrying about whether I'd be sort of expendable. <laughs> But actually, um, it sort of worked out that people had missed me and like they couldn't wait for me to get back. I, I can so um, see why they would miss you and, and want you back. And I think that's such an important story of challenge because actually working mothers were put in and working fathers were put in an impossible situation. And I think sometimes the imposter syndrome you mentioned at the beginning comes from not telling those stories openly and actually, you know, it's actually overcoming a challenge by recognizing what is not possible um, is is really um, really important to share. So thank thank you for sharing that. And and you know, you have achieved so much this year since lockdown. You know, the output and the editorial focus that you've had, and I and I mentioned right at the beginning. Um, the work that you did auditing how agencies are taking action in response to Black Lives Matter. What, what is your view of this? Because, you know, you, you are one of the very few 
black female journalists covering the industry and through the lens of your own experience, do you think that we are seeing progress now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing to say on this is that it really shouldn't have taken a man to be brutally murdered for the industry to actually wake up and realise that its performance on race has been sort of, well, utterly woeful, I suppose you could say, if you were being kind. So, you know, it, it, shouldn't, have, it shouldn't have taken that, but okay, that's where we are. Um, it's interesting because I experienced this first as a black woman sitting at home because actually I was on furlough when, when um, the awful uh, murder kind of sort of showed itself to the world. So that was my so that was my initial experience, and then when I did get back to work um, in the autumn, I was wondering, well, what what exactly, what exactly, what action has been taken? What's going on? And that's actually so to to your point. Um, that's when I did this um, auditing exercise of the agencies, and so what I found was that there there has been look there has been a lot of action, and you know, compared to what was going on, you can't deny that activity levels, awareness levels have risen. And also what I did find that was that black workers themselves were being empowered to be part of the change. So it was heartening to see that the, the changes were not, were not top down. They, in a lot of cases, they were bottom, in, bottom up. So that's really good. Um, I mean, if we look at brands I'm hoping that while obviously you always get the sort of oh it's the trendy thing to do there's been a bit you know there was a bit of bandwagoning I've also seen case studies that show you know people brands committing to sort of five-year campaigns which are which are funded which aren't just about being in that moment so you know I've, I'm optimistic on that front as well um, I guess I, I, I think that things will not return to normal on this. That's what I'm hoping. It just feels that the, the level of accountability, of transparency, they're levels that we haven't seen before. So I'm, I'm really hoping that there's, I think there's no hiding place now. I think that if you're not, if you're not succeeding in this area, you will be rightly called out. So um, I'm, I'm optimistic, but we still need to see changes on you know, some of the fundamentals, whether that's um, ethnicity pay gap reporting or actually seeing the, the, the dial kind of shift in terms of leadership as well. I think that's so good to hear. And I think that auditing process is really part of, of keeping that positive momentum happening because it's the transparency and the accountability that's really pushing change. Now, you, you're a really supportive person um, a lot of what you do in your job people don't always see in the pages of the magazine or on the website because you do really support new talent you're very um, craft orientated I think you're a very details orientated journalist and we've seen a lot of, 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 of um, movement around mentorship at the moment I mean when we're looking to make things possible I mean what's the importance of support and giving that support, finding that support, and how has that helped you in your career? Yeah, I mean, just at the moment, <laughs> it's so tough, isn't it? It's so tough out there. So 
you know, I mean, my guiding principle at the moment is just to try and be kind because, you know, everything else is confusing and awful. <laughs> so, you know, that, that kind of just letting that be your guiding principle has to be the first thing, um, you know, and making sure that the way that I'm communicating with people, I'm very aware that if you're communicating on chat, the times when you would be, you know, in the office with somebody and it something that is not a not not something that's a big deal can look bigger when it's sort of type when it's actually typed down in a chat message. There's so much scope for misunderstanding and you know, so it's just about being patient as well. Um, you know, even the normal banter that you might have in an office, you can't re you can't really recreate that over, you know, Zoom or 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 anything like that. So, you know, it's just the the I think it's the stuff that a lot of people have been doing, encouraging people to have breaks, um, shout if they're feeling overworked, also trying to have phone calls with people, you know, just try just just the things that can just make life just that little bit, little bit easier. So yeah, I mean, I think we all just work is such a big part of our lives, isn't it? You yeah. think how many hours a day you're <laughs> you're spending working. We've just got to try and make those hours as as nice as po as possible. I think. I think that's such a good point. And with these kind of rubber-sided days, like it's those little acts of kindness that kind of matter the most. Now, we started out in journalism in a really different world, um, and it's a very challenging market out there, particularly tough for young people starting out in their careers. So with that in mind, for our final question for today's bite-sized show, I mean, what advice would you give to others wanting to make possible a success like yours? Um, well, I've always been, when I look back on the way that I've been, <laughs> I suppose, uh, while I'm, no one would say I'm a pushover, but I'm certainly not unnecessarily rude or aggressive or combative for the sake of it. So that's not me and I, I just don't subscribe to that. And I think I'd find it quite a stressful way to live anyway. You know, when people are sort of, <laughs> when, when they've got a lot of enemies and stuff, it, it just seems kind of a bit, you know, seems like there's, a, there's an easier, easier and nicer way to live. So uh, that's definitely one of the things I would say. Um, and then I guess when you just try and, just try and keep your network. So if you go from one job to the next, don't, burn bridges unnecessarily because you never know what the future holds so you know you may need support from people that you used to work with so you know just sort of remember that um that you know when you go from one place to the next there's just think about what where you never know where you're going to be in five years time or ten years time um and i suppose try things i guess try things out find what you're interested in interested in but then do um you know if you want to build up a specialism that's fine too and it's okay to stay at a place for a while I mean I've my, some of my contacts now I've known for a very long time since since working at marketing week and it's great when you can have that sort of level of of intimacy with people where they are just people that you've known for such a long time so that's really that's helped me as well 
Um, I'd also say that always ask people for help and mentoring. Um, most journalists are quite are good people and they're, they're sort of happy to, you know, impart their wisdom and give help where they can, you know. So I think that's definitely something that I, I would say, you know, reach out, reach out to others around you and ask for that help. Uh, lastly as well, what I would say is that where you find uh, the parts of your, your job that you really enjoy, do, do try and then put your hand up to cover the topics, go the extra mile in those topics because it will be more fulfilling for you and it will be good for your employers. So really try and work out what, what are the bits I really like and how can I, how can I sort of zone in on those, those parts because it would just make life more fulfilling. Such good advice. And I think sort of particularly in these challenging times, like holding on to the things that we really love is, is just a really lovely point to end on. So thank you so much um, for being a part of today's episode, Gemma. Um, it was so great to have you. And thank you to all the listeners and viewers for tuning in to this special episode of Make Possible Bite Size. We are next week with another inspiring guest talking about what they're doing to champion change and think in exciting new ways and make a difference. So thank you again, Gemma. Goodbye. Bye.